from Relevant Magazine and RelevantMagazine.com, it's The Relevant Podcast. It's the week of Friday, July 22nd, 2011, and this is The Relevant Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and here with me in our Orlando studios is the lovely Maya Strang. Hello, everybody. Filling in for Josh Loveless is our managing editor, Ryan Ham. Hey, everyone. On the Skype line from Loverland, Virginia, Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. And on the ones and twos, our illustrious producer, Chad Michael Snavely. Hello, friends. We have a great podcast in store for you today. Uh, coming up, we have uh, we talked to David Bazan, artist David Bazan. Um, actually, we're just going to air his NPR interview. <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was real good. It was so <laughs> captivating. So you'll hear uh, sitting in this week, Michelle Norris. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then the last half of the show is just going to be a really great in, uh, This American Life story from a couple of weeks back. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's about the, uh, the, the mortgage crisis, but the angle they take really puts it in perspective. <laughs> they had the Planet Money team help out. I remember so. that episode. It was a good one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was good. Uh, and you'll hear it later in the podcast, apparently. <laughs> the last 47 minutes, actually. <laughs> but up first, your entertainment releases. Music coming out on Tuesday, July 26th. We have Joss Stone with LP1. But it's not her first LP. No. Did you know so, like there was a plot to kill her? Yeah, I heard about that. Yeah. Like, I did, By yeah. his fans Crazy. of good music? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it was like no, it was like a legitimate. Did she still like, not wear her shoes everywhere. I don't know. Back in remember, like back in O two, she was like this like soul like breakout artist. And she kind of looked and, like Janis Joplin. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Whatever happened to her? I don't know. Janis Joplin. Well, kill her. Now she's coming back with her first LP. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, it was like this conspiracy of really? like several people who are like trying to kill her. They were going to, like, kidnap her. She lives in, like, some farmhouse, yeah. like, in England. And these guys were, like, in a van, and they had maps and ropes. And they were going to kidnap her and try to ransom her. Some, something That's insane. That's crazy. Ransom her. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't... Well, I, I think they were going to hold her for ransom. Oh, oh, oh. Because what you said sounded very different. <laughs> um, okay, speaking of British plots and conspiracy. Mm-hmm. So, all week, the Rupert Murdoch trial... Right. And, and, and all that. So I'm watching The Daily Show a couple nights ago. Which is the only place to get true news. Right. Right. <laughs> Fair yeah. and balanced. Totally. Right. Like, so, sadly true. It kind of, <laughs> yeah. you know, whatever. I, I like John Stewart. I don't always agree with him, but I appreciate him and respect his viewpoints. Yeah, anyway. He, and he's always gracious to people that don't agree with him. Actually, yeah. he is yeah. so yeah. gracious to the Fox News people in person. I mean, it's yeah. like surprising. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, he only, and like, he always like, he always has really good things to say about the Fox News people he feels like are de- like delivering actual news. Like Chris Matthews. Yeah. He him. saves all of his vitriol for the people for who are For Fox like, and Friends. Yeah. For Fox well, and Friends. Yeah. I, I saw an interview with, with Mike Huckabee. This was a few months back. And he was, you know, I guess Mike Huckabee is close with this guy, David Barton, who sort of does this Christian per, well, like Christian angle on American history that you know, has raised some concerns from scholarly, you know. Well, anyway, John Stewart was taking issue with it. But the way that Mike Huckabee framed the, the what the guy does, and I'm not I'm not 
coming out either way on the issue. I'm just saying the way that 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 he did it, John Stewart, you know, unlike a lot of other people in that situation, was like, you know, he said, you know, I really appreciate your ability to to put things into perspective, which I can relate to. I know we don't agree with with each other, but you're really great at at making a compelling case for even things I don't agree with. There you go. Okay. And actually, I think that's the common thread that comes through with with Stewart. Yeah. I mean, uh, he was interviewing in the episode I'm about to mention. Uh, the the former president of Pakistan hmm. and oh, so held him to oh task gosh. about the fact that you came on this show and have said in all the media, but you came on this show, I asked you point blank, do you know where Osama is? And guess what? When you said no, he was in your backyard and, you know, and like put him on task for this and like wouldn't let the guy off. I mean, he nailed him to yeah. the wall. I mean, a, a great interviewer. Anyway, yeah. same episode. He's talking about the, the English thing, mm-hmm. you know, the whole... And, 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 and mentions in passing... Well, first of all, he kind of showed all the Fox News ig- ignoring it even because it's right. their parent company. Yeah. But um, but I found more fascinating talking about the Josh Stone kidnapping. Uh, the guy who was the initial whistleblower was murdered or killed. Yeah. Yeah. Although they said he had a drug and alcohol problem, so they're not sure. Like British police said there's no suspicion of foul play yet. Right, but they're not even like looking into it because yeah. like, okay, so this whole scandal is that there were police... <laughs> being bribed. Yeah. And then the guy who's the whistleblower dies and the police say, there's nothing to see here. Yeah. Yeah. What? Sounds like a great plot for a movie. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I I am like dumbfounded that this isn't like headlines all over the world. My my favorite moment of of this whole escapade so far has been the pie in the face. (laughs) I was wondering if you're going to bring that up. Like, like I would say, I think every like heavy, uh, you know, international media conspiracy needs a moment of levity where an, <laughs> where an older gentleman gets a pie thrown at him. So when I like, like like that suit that that Rupert Murdoch was wearing, legitimately probably cost fifteen thousand dollars. <laughs> I'm just guessing. If not okay, more, I, that's yeah. a, that's a, I feel like that's a fair estimation of what kind of suit that man was wearing to a, a, a court proceeding. That's ruined because of a pot. That's kind of fun. <laughs> so I saw the tweet uh, at lunch the day it happened, and 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 thought this is my just assumption that after you know the trial broke or he's walking down the courthouse steps outside in the throng of media, mm-hmm. some crazy person runs up, and then last night or that night I saw that it was in the courtroom. <laughs> it was in the courtroom. So two things. First of all, did you see? His thirty-year-old wife yeah. go crazy? No, she was awesome because, <laughs> like, I, I I don't know, you know, innocent until proven guilty, right? So, I mean, all she knows is her husband is being attacked by a lunatic, and she gets up and, and throws a beat down on this. She's dude. jumping <laughs> yeah. over people to like, you know, it was awesome. <laughs> but two, this is something Maya pointed out. Who goes to a court proceeding with a pie? And does <laughs> where, it? Just where thought was he was really pie? hungry coming in. <laughs> Why was someone sitting next to somebody with a pie on their lap? <laughs> and know? nobody thought it was weird. But but I will say this: Have you ever watched like any clips from like the British version of C-SPAN with no. the wigs and all that? Yeah, with, oh. they're all yeah. they're dressed insane, and everyone <laughs> is screaming. <laughs> like this, that's not an exaggeration. You look it up on YouTube. Like so Parliament s- screaming. Oh, Parliament something. sessions are. So you're saying pies are probably a pretty common. I'm just saying it wouldn't of- probably be uncommon if you watch it. Everyone is yelling like maniacs, throwing stuff, and people are dressed like they're you know. From Pirates of the Caribbean, <laughs> it is insane. 
<laughs> it is it is literally insane. So I'm guessing it was because of that setting. It was like, oh, you know, it, it, there's just a guy with a pie. No biggie. <laughs> I mean, at some point, someone will get that thrown at them. But that's, you know, <laughs> this is our justice system. Maybe he's a member of parliament. Yeah, that's true. Well, and I, like, I feel like every single session of the House of Commons I've ever seen, you expect that they're going to come to blows right. by the end of it because right. they're just like furious with each well, other. And it's like one guy will start and say something like totally passive aggressive, you know? Yeah. Like, hello, and everyone, we know why we're here today. And everyone just goes, boo! starts <laughs> freaking out at the smallest thing ever. It's great. It is awesome. It is like watching like Judge Judy if Judge Judy allowed anything to go on in her yeah. courtroom. Well, and I feel like it's also it's also like that's how American Congress would act like it, that's how they act in their hearts. <laughs> like the British the British parliamentarians just let it out. They're more that's in true. touch with their true feelings. All yeah. this because Joss Stone has yeah. a new album coming out. Yeah. Uh, Kelly Rowland <laughs> is coming out with Here I Am. Um, she also had that had number one single in the country with that uh, really raunchy song. I don't recently. think you're ready for this jelly. Huh. My body's so bootylicious. <laughs> That's a different song. Oh. Uh, I'm pretty it was familiar <laughs> with the Destiny's Child catalog. So. <laughs> <laughs> Vanessa Carlton is coming out with Rabbits oh on the gosh. Run. Yes. And Little Dragon with Ritual Union. Movie releases coming out on Friday the 29th. Cowboys and Aliens starring Daniel Craig and others. Harrison Ford. I want to see this. I can't wait. I'm excited. I love westerns. I'm not really into alien movies. I love alien movies. Yeah, see? Together. <laughs> Boom. It's we a come together. date night. Boom. It's like your marriage. <laughs> <laughs> it's peanut butter and jelly. <laughs> this is our marriage. We'll, watch, metaphor. we'll watch Cohen for you. You guys just... Go there out, go. watch, watch the movie. Cowboys and Aliens. Yeah, here's what, here's what I when I like heard the title and the concept, I was thinking, oh, this is going to be hilarious. Like, yeah. and then I saw the trailer. I'm like, no, this is serious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, this is not. This isn't like a funny like comedy. This I is, love that they're taking it so seriously. Yeah, it's John Favreau yeah. who did the first Iron Man. Yeah, like uh, is exciting. It's exciting to me. What I can't figure out is the meetings, the planning meetings where they. They sold Daniel Craig and Harrison Ford on this. No. <laughs> it's not like Harrison Ford's doing a lot of movies anymore. It's right. like trust us, Cowboys and Aliens. This is going to be the this. thing. This is it. I know. I know exactly how the meetings went down. <laughs> they had a big hat, and they one hat was full of was full of random awesome stuff in movies. The other hat was full of actors' names. <laughs> they're like two things out of each, and they're like, all right, we got Cowboys, we got Aliens, awesome. Craig Harrison Ford, call them up. Let's do this thing. <laughs> No, I'd say, what about the the meeting when they had to sell Harrison Ford on the idea of doing this movie? How did that go? Because like, I can't believe he agreed to it. Now, now that we've seen it, yeah. we know it's awesome. But like before you know whether it's going to be d- terrible or not, how did he agree? No. And Daniel... Daniel well, it was it's a book, comic booky thing. So maybe they read it? A graphic novel? I think it's a graphic novel. Was it? Ryan, is it? I don't know. Sorry, I let you, you down as my that? resident resident nerd. I, I thought <laughs> I, I thought it was like she said that I thought it was like a big thing like Watchmen or something. No, I've, I mean I've I remember reading it was based on something, but I can't remember if it was a graphic novel or not. All right, well if you Maya's over there uh, scrounging the the far reaches of the internet, so if uh, if you find something, let us know. Also coming out the Smurfs in 3D, oh. starring Neil Patrick Harris <laughs> and Hank Azaria. I, I you know when I heard that they were going to do a Smurfs remake, I was like, oh good. You know, nostalgic, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. It 
looks awful. It yeah. looks like the those Garfield remakes. I wasn't allowed to watch the Smurfs when I was a kid. Because really? of the sorcery? Of Gargamel? I think so. I can't remember. There was some reason. My parents were like really afraid of the new age thing when I was a kid. And then, like, with my siblings, it just got progressively less of an issue. Mm-hmm. Well, so. you, you know what happened is it's like those kids that their parents wouldn't let them listen to, like, you know, like, mainstream music, and they yeah. get all into, like, death metal. Your parents wouldn't let you watch Gargamel, and you're, like, a big Harry Potter fan. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a total backfire. Yeah. <laughs> also coming out, Crazy Stupid Love, uh, starring Julianne Moore, Emma Stone, uh, Marissa Tomei. Back. Uh, all I think of when I hear Marissa Tomei now is Seinfeld. Oh yeah, and yeah. Uh, and uh, I guess uh, who's Steve, Steve Carell's yeah. in there and, and Ryan people. Gosling. Seems like a lot of like ensemble cast yeah. things, like vignettes yeah. happening. Yeah. Okay, well that'll do it for your entertainment releases. Stay tuned. Up next, slices. This podcast is sponsored by Wave Conference. Wave Conference is an annual gathering for leaders and Christians everywhere. This year's conference is August 3rd through the 5th and will feature Steve Kelly, Ed Young, Darlene Check, and more. For more info and to register for this exciting event, visit waveconference.com. You're listening to... M83. The song is Midnight City. It's from their upcoming album and is playing right now on Relevant FM. At the beginning of the podcast, you heard the brand new single from Mute Math. It's called Odd Soul. It's from their upcoming album, which will be coming out in October and is playing right now on Relevant FM. Should we should we leak it? Should we say? No, let's wait. Okay. <laughs> we have some news. Um, <laughs> and it is not that this song sounds exactly like the Black Keys. Right. Hey, good for that. I'm glad. Yeah. I, I, I like well, it's, it's great. But then there's like this little electronic bubble in the it's middle. It's not black keys. It's not black at keys. All. That's, that saves it. And the music video is incredible. Yeah. And if you go to the website, you can remix the music mm-hmm. video. Yeah, cool. talk about this. This is pretty cool. Bizarre. Like they, they, they put a camera on each person, and then there's like, you know, the DJ sliders. Uh, there's, there's, what, six of them for guitar, bass, drum, vocal, background vocal. And you can do your own remix of the music video right there on their website. It started as you could piece together your own visual music video. Mm-hmm. And then the other really cool thing is you can remix the audio. You can mute tracks. Yeah. You can bring up stuff that yep. wasn't there. Yeah. So uh, who's their, like, who play, plays guitar now? They have a new guitar player oh, okay. that came on as they were recording this new album. But Greg, he's not in Greg the video. Left. Right. But he's not in the video. Is it Sammy Hagar? I think it is. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Darren and Paul are still there. Uh, these guys. And Roy. And Roy. Yeah. These guys uh, were on our cover back in 04. Yeah. 04. 04. Because that's when we moved into that office. Mm-hmm. That's right. And so uh, they came down, played a, a show, a private concert when their first album was coming out at our offices two offices ago. And we built the stage. It was nuts. And they ended up staying with us for a week. And it was it was crazy. And then, was, well, well, then wasn't their album delayed for like a year? Yeah. Over a year. Yeah. So pie on our face. <laughs> we're kind of Rupert Mur- Murdoch style. We, uh, <laughs> we're, we're there in there in the $15,000 suit. 
well, Cameron and Pi. And Cameron also hacked their phone. I did. So yeah. I did. I was deleting messages from, from their label oh, execs. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, uh, so we've had a uh, long history with those guys. And, and, and when they stay with us, uh, Darren is the one with the, the card, right? Mm-hmm. So we still have it. You do still have it. We never returned it. Okay. Well, then we're going to have to return it when we see him in a couple weeks. What is it? Um, so Darren carried in his wallet every day for 15 years this trading card. Mm hmm. That was of a Growing it? Pains era 13-year-old Kirk Cameron <laughs> shirtless with a large boa around his neck. Boa snake. And it says on it, love boa? me, love my snake. <laughs> what? <laughs> I get it. And he carried it in his wallet. And, no. and we thought it was so funny no. that I was like, I have to scan this and put it in the magazine. And so I put it in the magazine. I think it was the same issue or maybe mm-hmm. it's the next issue. And slices. I just scanned it. Uh-huh. No explanation. Nothing. Just love me, love my snake. Uh-huh. Kirk Cameron, growing pains. <laughs> trading card. And so we still have it. So I guess we have to return it. It's amazing. Wow. Oh, I guess he's not shirtless. Sorry. But he does have but an epic In my mind, gun. it was more epic. He does have an amazing... Oh, and it's signed. Yeah. It is? Yeah. Yeah. Whoa, oh, it's signed on the back. won't give it back to Darren. <laughs> His somewhat unusual pets include three snakes and a tarantula. So you guys need to drive out to Pawn Stars right now and see what that thing looks like. <laughs> Jesse, I'm going to take a picture of this and send it to you. We'll, we'll, put a, we'll take a picture of this and put it on the podcast episode page so yeah. you all can see it. Um, but the signature's on the back. Um... I okay. So anyway, it's time for slices. What do you have, Jesse? All right. Well, this is a re- this is very very exciting news. There is a company uh, called Terrafuga, I guess is what they're called. Um, but they have developed a flying car that is is right on the verge of being um, approved by the Federal Aviation association which means that soon for the price of two hundred and twenty seven thousand dollars uh and uh like 20 hour you know uh, uh, a a license that takes like 20 hours to get um you can own your own flying car okay can you explain how this works i mean it drives it's street legal it drives on a street and then like what a wing pop out have you you put bananas and trash in it and it just (laughs) flies up it's awesome (laughs) It, are you, yeah, are you referencing it has wings that fold down. The end of uh, Back to the Back Future, to the future One? Yeah. Where yeah. he went to the future. Because it's where he comes back from the future. And the and trash yeah. is now energy, yeah. which is actually a vi- viable, yeah. possible future energy source. <laughs> it's true. Very excited about that. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. Describe so, uh, so, this, so this company has been developing it for a long time. And uh, once again, I don't know if this is burying the lead or not, because it said that the company was in a lot of trouble because the, the government said they had to make like $18 million worth of changes to the, to the design. But luckily, the Defense Department gave them a $60 million contract to develop f- flying Humvees. <laughs> what? <laughs> so that may be the bigger story, that okay. our <laughs> army is going to have flying Humvees. <laughs> How, can I ask you some details on this? Like, Is it like a hovercraft where it's like flying three inches off the ground? Or is no, it like... No, no, no. It, it, it's a car with fold-up wings. I love... Can I just say, I love that they're arguing over like a $12 million budget for NPR, and they just throw $60 million at a flying Humvee. <laughs> like, well, once, yeah. once again, it's the, it's, it's the name in the hat thing. Like the, the, Some guy at the Department of Defense is like, dude, guess what? I just pulled flying Humvee out of this hat. 
Well, no, it's, I think it's actually to reestablish, you know, America's awesomeness in the eyes of the world. I think, you know, our, our reputation has taken a hit in the mm-hmm. last couple of years, fiscal instability, <laughs> the wars haven't gone well. And it's like, we need to regain the fear and respect of every other country. We need a fleet <laughs> Fly. of flying Humvees <laughs> and we Fly will swarm you <laughs> and inject fear and awe. I think into ins- your instead people. of that, they need to redesign vehicles in the shape of famous eighties action heroes. And so literally like, like all the ones like you couldn't Optimus play Prime. with. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yeah no. This is just your childhood coming out. <laughs> so I mean, what I'm picturing basically is like a, a like a fleet of like 10 or 11 vehicles driving in a V shape. And as they get close to the enemy, they push a button and like these giant they transform. No, no, it's, oh. they're not transformers, oh, okay. but these giant faces basically <laughs> okay. appear like from the, I don't know if they're holograms. Like I a mean, Pez dispenser. The tech, the, yeah. The technology okay. isn't for me to figure out. Sure. That's for the scientists. Yeah. But basically all of a sudden you're just an idea. guy. Yeah. I'm just the idea guy. <laughs> all of a sudden, like Sylvester Stallone. Yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger, yeah. Bruce Willis, like yeah. all of these figures. John John yeah. It just looks like these giants of 80s action heroes and then literal giants because they would all be like 20 foot tall holograms mm. would so, be so basically marching you're a bad you. guy you know in whatever part of the world you're just sitting there and all of a sudden you see a line being led by a giant Steven Seagal exactly. face f- flying over the dunes and you. you know you're in the guy next to you be like holy crap time cop is here <laughs> didn't they just make a movie like this basically where it's all the old guys came yeah. back but Jean-Claude Van Damme and Steven Seagal aren't in it oh yeah well that's is a huge disappointment huge yeah <laughs> Huge. Anyway, I think that'd be awesome. Well, well, well. Th- this particular vehicle it, it is uh, is basically a car with fold up wings. Okay. Um, and so, it, it, like I said, it's about uh, just over two hundred grand. But if you have like a, a a moderately long straight road, you can take off and you can fly. I think in the air it goes like a hundred and something miles an hour. Hmm. Um, 115 miles an hour in the air, and then you need a long straight road to land on. But still, it's pretty awesome. Okay, so, you know, planes have... And it's street legal, too, I I think. Planes have massive fuel tanks. Cars don't. I mean... It's it's not an average-sized vehicle. Okay. It's pretty large. Do you have to land... But the wings do fold up. I think you could park it in a garage. That's convenient. Yeah. Do you have to land at an airport, then? (laughs) I don't know. I, they said it's mainly right now designed for, I guess, what they call fly-in communities. I, mm-hmm. I'm assuming that's some sort of community that is yeah. mostly accessible by airplanes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, so, like in Alaska. Okay, or yeah. John Travolta's house Out in Ocala, in Ocala. here in yeah. Florida is a fly-in community. What? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, how does that work? Where uh, there's uh, the runway, houses, basically. the houses Between. back up. You know, like a lot of times in neighborhoods, your houses will back up to like a retention pond or something. Uh-huh. Everybody shares it. In these communities, it's they're all in a long row, and the common thing is a grass runway. What? A long grass runway. So people like John Travolta, private pilots, all they have to do is fly in, land, and then they can tra- taxi, taxi in right into their house, their garage. Wow. Well, yeah. well, imagine imagine if you could, in the same vehicle, like after you land, you're like, darn it, I forgot to get the milk. And then you're just like, I'm going to scoot over to the grocery store. <laughs> well, let me, let me just conjecture. Maybe these families have enough money to have a car sitting in the garage waiting for them. I don't know. I don't know. I don't yeah, know. Well, I'm just saying, that, you got to park the plane, actually walk to your car, get in. This is, nope, you know what? I'm going to the grocery store right now. Wait, so does so does, I'm I'm fascinated by these flying communities. Yeah. Uh, are they accessible by roads? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, like your front of your house. Uh-huh. 
is normal, normal driveway on a normal street. Okay. It's the back of your house backs up to a common grass strip that everybody flies their big their wow. private planes in and out of. Yeah. I feel like that would really suck because you would always notice, like everyone would notice your comings and goings because it's not like you're going to be quiet taking off. You're True. a teenager. It's not yeah. good. You yeah. 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 Teenager, yeah. It's like, why were you home at four last night? Yeah. You're like, no, I got home at one. No, I heard the engines. Yeah. I checked the flight. <laughs> flight right yeah, yeah. yeah, you understand you took the plane here. It's extremely loud. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I saw your flight plan last night. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, what do you have, Maya? Um, so... I remember a few years ago, I think it was Seven Eleven came out um, when this was it the Simpsons movie that came mm-hmm, out, and mm-hmm. they had yeah. the donuts and they had all the cereal. And they converted a couple of their stores to the actual Quickie Mart, yeah. right? And like you, yeah, you could buy the cereal just I guess maybe is it just at Seven Eleven? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, well, um, this year it marks the fifteenth year of South Park, hmm. and for fans, they can now go. Or actually, this fall they can go to Walmart. Uh, Frito Lay is going to make their uh, their cheesy poofs. Oh. For everyone, and um, they're only two ninety nine a bag. So if you're a fan, you can go. They also this year at um, San Diego's Comic Con, they're going to have a fifteen thousand square foot ultimate South Park fan experience. Wow! I know it's a yeah. lot of money. Yeah. Wow. Uh, I the cheesy poofs at Walmart surprises me that Walmart would want to hitch their their wagon to the South Park train. You especially know? after yeah. the episode that made fun of Walmart. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> You think Walmart would say like, mm, no. Yeah. <laughs> well, and the funny thing is too, is like cheesy poofs are like the satirical tool in South Park to make fun of America's obesity epidemic. Cause it's always like Cartman who's like shoving them in his yeah. face and has yeah. stains all over himself. <laughs> so clearly Frito-Lay doesn't get the joke. Yeah. 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 That they're being made fun of in the process. And I the, assume they relabeled Cheetos, the puffy Cheetos for it. Not yeah, yeah the cheese puffs yeah. probably puffs. not Cheetos yeah, yeah those puffs right. ones huge difference huge. <laughs> just saying huge I don't like the puffy ones puffs. I don't either yeah. I hate the puffs but the I Cheetos, like the real Cheetos I'm about five minutes away from walking down to the Seven Eleven yeah it sounds, they're delicious the, until you're done <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah you you there's no uh, sense of immediate re- of regret and so until the last Cheetos yeah gone. and then you're like, like what oh, have I done what have I done <laughs> you like, I like the baked ones have you guys had the baked ones? no. They're okay. They're yeah. a, it's a healthier option. I, I had a situation this week. I, I was at the beach and I walked down to this convenience store because I was starving. And I was scanning like, okay, what will, what will satisfy my hunger? What will? I'm so hungry. Snickers. And for some reason, I decided on a, on a bag of, of, of nacho combos. Oh. <laughs> and, and the moment I'm purchasing it, it's like, this is the best decision ever. <laughs> this is the, literally the perfect solution to my problem. And then as soon as the bag was done i was like what why did i do that i haven't eaten combos in like 10 years Ooh. all right Ooh. what do you have ryan well mine mine is much more current eventish. oh good um so not yeah so uh everyone knows uh it's not just in florida but uh that casey anthony was you know declared not guilty a couple weeks ago and now she like got on a plane and nobody knows where she is and everyone's wondering like what state she's in and everything like that you think the plane left from her parents backyard (laughs) in a flying community well no i mean they like she went to orlando executive and they like didn't file a flight plan so like nobody knows where she is um but her one of her defense team uh gave like a big interview this week did you hear how they gave the media the slip when she was let out I, I just read this in passing because they're trying to figure out like where she is, and uh, and so like you know when she left at twelve oh one, 
you know, obviously all the news media is in helicopters. Mm-hmm. They're following it and following the car going up I-4. And then the car got off on the downtown exits. And mm-hmm. this is, you know, middle of the night. And, uh, and goes into a parking garage where one of the lawyers worked downtown. Mm-hmm. And so it goes out of view of, you know, the, all the helicopters and everything. And then uh, over the course of the next hour, they had like a, a bunch of different cars le- huh. leaving the parking garage. So nobody could follow them all. Huh. And so like she was just in one of those. I thought that was, I was pretty good. Say, those idea. lawyers must have seen every chase movie ever made. <laughs> yeah. Where they also used that same plan. I believe that was actually the end of Fast Five, where they went under the overpass and then that's where they swapped, oh, yeah, they the, swapped vault. the vault. Yeah. Oh, hey, spoiler. Yeah. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> yeah, thanks there. Listen, if you haven't seen Fast Five by now, you're not going to see it. Yeah. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> anyway, so uh, the, this recent interview was pretty exhaustive with this lawyer talking about everything. It was one of her defense attorneys. And uh, in it, he revealed that he uh, had come to think of Casey as a granddaughter and was impressed uh, by her attention to the case. And he also said that she mentioned at one point that it was now sort of her career aspiration to become a lawyer. Really? Oh Which I feel like probably isn't going to happen. Wow. Oh, well, And then she said like, and then he said, and then it said something like, uh, and she expressed interest in working at his firm, and he was like, "Obviously, that's not going to happen." <laughs> <laughs> no one's going to hire her. Yeah. No one is going to hire her. She's going to have to go. I heard that one of the prominent rumors she's in Puerto Rico. Hmm. So, hmm. actually, the, the the rumor was specifically she's at Puerto, she's in Puerto Rico, staying at a uh, large house owned by Fox News's Geraldo Rivera. <laughs> <laughs> Really? For real? Yeah, yeah. And the Sentinel contacted him, the Orlando Sentinel, and he's like, "She, she's not at my house. Like, you know, like, yeah, I don't know where this came from, you know. But apparently, Geraldo and one of her lawyers, like, are boating buddies mm. in, the, in whatever. And so, like... Do the, they live the, in a the, boating the, community? <laughs> <laughs> I believe that's called a marina. Why do I think that Geraldo Rivera this has is, all sorts what? of exotic boating buddies? This is amazing. That's where uh, John Travolta lives. So it's got Whoa. that... His there's actually as a if you'd like to we'll post this link on the podcast episode page but it's jumbolayer.com uh, jumbo and then l a i r dot com there's it's, lots available you guys could yeah there's houses. a lots of lots of lots of lots available <laughs> uh, it's a fly in community in Ocala Florida just about an hour outside of they're where our uh, are. they're referred to as aviation estates uh, <laughs> sorry aviation estates oh this is what happens <laughs> this when is the studios- most amazing paragraph ever. <laughs> Okay, I have to read this. Uh, Only Jumbo Lair, which is the aviation estate, is what it's called. And it says, the world at your doorstep. Time is our most precious commodity. Living in an aviation community affords you that time. Commute times are for others. Business trip and family time can be the same day. No value can be placed on the convenience of opening a hangar door at your home and lifting off to your destination in moments. A fortunate few will live and enjoy this precious commodity at Jumbo Lair Aviation's Estates, home of the largest licensed, paved, and lighted private airport in America. And so home. it is paved. Yeah. It is paved. Yeah. That one's paved. Yeah, it, it's it's the it's the it's most the precious others. commodity aside from two hundred million dollars, <laughs> which it costs to live here. Right. This is what happens when studios give you, you know, twenty million dollars for every movie you put out, whether it's good or not. Yeah. For old dogs, for Scarface or not Scarface. We have old What's dogs. What's that one where he switches faces? Face off. Face off. That was horrible. 
Nick Cage and John Travolta. Both of those like the actors two worst actors ever. Ever. Literally, I saw that the, movie. The, the two most undeserving people of an aviation community got one because of that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that movie and literally hated it so much that I swore I would never watch another Nicolas Cage movie in my life, and I haven't. I'm so confused. It says the area <laughs> where this was formed was once home to 3,000 crocodile, 98 elephants, three white rhinos, and a 400-pound gorilla named Mickey. Okay, so it they was... were all slaughtered when we laid. <laughs> <laughs> and like, then it doesn't say what happened to them, and it doesn't say if it was a zoo. It was. I remember it was one of those uh, drive-in safaris. Oh, okay. You know? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. There used to be one out there. Okay. Yeah, remember? Yeah. That makes me feel slightly better. <laughs> they, they were hit by a plane on the first day. <laughs> yeah, we th- we thought we'd keep them here, and you, they could live in the neighborhood, but then they've all Mickey didn't last long. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just say a jumbo jet landed and there was a horrific accident involving all of the wildlife. <laughs> all right, well, on that note, that'll uh, wrap up Slices. Stay tuned. Up next, David Bazan. I wonder what his thoughts are about aviation communities. <laughs> <laughs> listening to matt and kim the song is block after block from their album sidewalks and it's playing the video is playing right now on relevant tv david bazan was the songwriter and driving force behind pedro the lion uh built a huge following over the last decade um but after helming that project for for a while he found himself dealing with a crisis of faith and a growing drinking problem bazan got to work exercising both as demons and angels producing two incredible pieces of work under his own name in the Fewer Moving Parts EP and then 2009's full-length Curse Your Branches. While Branches is intensely personal, his new album, Strange Negotiations, focuses his energies toward the external, centering on his disappointment in the current state of accelerating American and global social fragmentation. Our very own Elise Gilligan recently spoke to David Bazan. Here is that interview. people called your last album, Curse Your Branches, a breakup letter to God. And as far as the spiritual approach to this new album, Strange Negotiations, how did the last album prepare you for this one? The, the last, I guess, Curse Your Branches kind of made it to where I was free to write about whatever. I, I think that with Curse Your Branches, as I was writing it, I didn't know it, but I really needed to make a record that sort of to all of the, the issues that branches eventually did um, and now that that's kind of off the table I can just write a, a little bit more random about more random things or seemingly random things so it was really freeing to have made branches and I don't know I guess when I was making branches I felt like I could write about whatever I wanted but my subconscious was really being insistent about writing about the, the, the themes that ended up on branches and so it made the writing process really painstaking and difficult so no, nothing flowed very easily and once 
having made branches, things just flow a lot easier, a lot easier now. Just level with yourself. Level with yourself. Level with yourself and be at peace with me. It's kind of remarkable how. Um, a lot of your music is skeptical and can critique the people and the ideas of the Christian world, and yet you maintain not only Christian fans, but you also seem to maintain an empathy and a kinship with the Christian world, even though you've stepped away from Christian circles. Um, why do you think? Why do you think this is the case, and why is it important to you to maintain a relationship and to love people necessarily who you actually disagree with? There's a sense, I think, in which I'm just I'm a non-practicing evangelical. Like I, I, I understand the vernacular very well because it's where I grew up. Um, I uh, care what happens to in the evangelical movement. I'm hopeful that it becomes less and less distorted and destructive um, all the time. And when I see signs of that, it moves me. Um, because I care what happens. Um, the fact that I, that my current sort of set of beliefs uh, are pretty much exactly the opposite of, uh, of you know, more of the, the sort of supernatural tenets of Christianity or the Apostles' Creed or whatever, just doesn't really, it's not really the point, you know. It's a, a culture that I care about and am in, 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 in interested in uh, what happens there. Yeah. And I, I think that's definitely evident on the new album. Um, lyrically, I, there was the one song where you you say, who are these people? And then later on conclude, these are my people. And I, th I think that's cool to see, just that there's still a bridge there, um, no matter how people label themselves. Yeah, and, you know, it's, it's easier for me to be open to relationships with people that I disagree with because I would be more pluralistic or something. It's, I know from experience that it's harder for um, for Christians to be open in that way because there's, there's a sense in that you're trying to protect yourself and you're you know you're trying to hold to hold this ground and you know not give anything up because there's all kinds of motivators because you're worried that if you do that people will misunderstand and go to hell and all this stuff but I understand that it's harder for for Christians to be open because of the nature of the, the belief system. Um, but I think that people can be open without forfeiting their own ideas and without endangering their soul according to their beliefs. You know, I don't know. It's a, it's a, it's a hopeful thing that dialogue can, can happen across those lines. the past several years, personally and publicly, you've kind of walked through this internal battle um, from the spiritual conflicts that you've worked through to alcoholism and just kind of played those out. And now being in this place where, as you said, strange negotiations and cursor branches, it's kind of been this process of, of freeing. Um, do you feel more at, more at peace now um, in the present? I, I do uh, very much. I mean, I, I, 
I imagine that there there is even deeper sort of peace available. There's sort of a, a, a Christian notion that I grew up with that there's either full peace or no peace. And um, I think that that's not true. I think that there are degrees of being at peace with oneself and one's surroundings. And it comes from making good choices, and in my mind, more than anything. And uh, But I feel more at peace than I ever have. Um, and I think a lot of that comes from allowing myself to own my own thoughts about things and to be able to honestly explore to explore a world of ideas that I wasn't um, allowed to uh, when I was younger. And part of that was, you know, the authority that I that I was under, my parents or whatever, I wasn't allowed right. to then. But at a certain point, I began to be allowed to think my own thoughts about things that I wasn't allowing myself to. And so there's just a freedom, which I think simply said is just, that comes from being honest with myself. Anyone who would go online and Google you and look up reviews or blogs or um, just things that your fans would post, somewhere between the listeners and critics, they're going to hear you called everything from a prophet to a poet to a heretic. There's a lot of labels people have placed on David Bazan. But you, as songwriter David Bazan, who do you think that you are? Um, Well, I'm a husband and a dad, and... I'd like to think that I'm a practitioner of songwriting. Mm-hmm. I think that's a pretty epic field to, to be in. I think it's a pretty epic company to be able to call myself a songwriter. And as far as the rest of the stuff, I don't. I mean, you just can't take that seriously. The, the labels, people are fond of, you know, trying to develop a reputation and then trading on that reputation and I just think that's a waste of time you you are who you are at any given point and time will tell you know what the sum of of your activities and your personality are so people can say whatever they want I'm, I'm curious to see what happens that was David Bazan Check out his music and tour information at davidbazan.com. But I wish I could see it all for you. I wish I could be it all for you. If I could You're listening to Ellie Goulding. The song is Guns and Horses, which is what you're going to need if you live in a fly-in community in Ocala, Florida. <laughs> that, was also, that album was also done by the name trick. <laughs> Guns and Horses. That's... The hat. Yeah, she, the hat. She, every word of this album was chosen out of a hat. Um, that would be an interesting 
That was rumored that Radiohead wrote a song like that. Yeah. No, I, I heard the entire uh, album of... Uh, Kid A? Yeah, Kid A was written by pulling lines out of a hat. Not words, but he had written like, individual lines and pulled them out of a hat. I thought that was just the first track. That's what I heard anyway. I don't know. I, I could be totally wrong about that. I could fact check it, bud. <laughs> why, why bother? Why bother? <laughs> I usually just go with assumptions. Yeah, just go with your just go with your gut. When it comes to facts, it's always trust your gut. I usually just perpetuate my own assumptions. <laughs> uh, the song is playing, or the video is playing right now on relevant TV. Well, last week we uh, talked, uh, we brought you a slice about a town in in um, Illinois, Collinsville, Illinois, uh, that banned passed a law banning baggy pants that were uh, too low. And, um, and and the punishment is it was like uh, a fine, a fine, and community service. And we thought, surely we're better than that. Uh, if we, we so we asked you uh, for better deterrent ideas. So we wanted you to tell us your ideas, creative punishments for nonviolent crimes. So it doesn't have to just be the baggy pant crime, but any crime that would be more of an appropriate deterrent than fines and imprisonment. So you went over to the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com and posted your suggestions there. Here's a few of our favorites. Well, the bear family and not, and that's actually spelled like the grizzly bear. Um, so this could, this, this feedback could have been written by a family of actual bears. Um, they suggested that um, if, if you are pulled over for uh, texting while driving, which is illegal now in a lot of states, that it, your, your punishment would be your, your phone is replaced with the Zach Morris phone from Saved by the Bell Ooh. for an indefinite period of time. The big gray one. I think people might like that, though. Or, or you have to use one of those bag phones, like in World War II. <laughs> um, Justin Pipes says the uh, the people in Collinsville, instead of having to pay money and do community service, they should instead have to wear a bright orange jock strap on the outside of their pants to keep them up. <laughs> and then that would give them enough attention that they would want to like... It's pretty good. Not do it. Once again, that's a, that's a very good deterrent. Uh, or how about rainbow suspenders? <laughs> I like uh, this guy had a similar um, idea for punishment of texting while driving, but uh, his was uh, during. Uh, so if you're pulled over for texting while driving, you Who lose your. This, uh, this is John Book. Sorry, yeah, John Book. Uh, you lose your right to drive for one month. During that month, you are assigned a new best friend in the form of a 13-year-old girl named Madison who is given your phone number. Madison will text you constant updates throughout the day in text speak about everything that is going on with her, her friends, her classes, Justin Bieber, and boys in general. <laughs> if you fail to even answer one of these texts, you lose your license permanently and spend a month in jail. <laughs> you have to answer every text? Yeah. I like that. That's good. Um uh, I, I thought this is funny. It's not answering the question at all, but the guys, the the person's, oh, it's a guy. Uh, his his screen name here is I Hate Mark Foster. And uh, he says, every time you guys play or talk about Foster the People, I'm overcome with a flood of emotions. While I love their music, it's not come without deep healing. Mark Foster and I attended the same church camp on the shores of Lake Erie. I had snagged a real hottie only a couple days into senior high camp until that sissified Tweety Bird took my girl. <laughs> It all climaxed during neon night games. Did Mark Driscoll write this? (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> it all climaxed during neon night games when I was ready to throw down on him only to be held back by fellow campers. And to make matters worse, I've seen several pics of him and the girl surface on Facebook during his rise in popularity. Whores, I tell you. <laughs> also, can we just... Awesome. At least he's still with her. I mean, at least can it wasn't just, just a camp fling. Can we talk about the phrase, it all climaxed during neon night games? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I thought right. the story was going to take a dark left turn at that at that juncture. And I was ready to throw down with him. Yeah. If it just would have stopped right there, I feel like that would would have given all of the context we needed. Yeah. I mean, this is senior high camp. So Mark Foster, the people, he's in his mid twenties now. So I mean, this guy's got six years of bitterness. Bitterness. No. Still, I mean, still he's still calling him horse. And also, what do you mean you snagged a hottie? Yeah. Obviously, you didn't snag her. Yeah. <laughs> to say yeah, evident, evidently not. I because hate Mark Foster. it's not like it's not like Mark Foster is going to come up and go, "Hey, I'm going to be in a hit band in like eight years. Yeah. You should hook up with me." Yeah, is this your devoted girlfriend yeah. that you've known forever? And yeah. sitting, yeah, I'm going to si- take her. sitting by one girl at chapel for two straight services does not mean that you snagged a hottie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> does honest. not constitute snagging a hottie. No. <laughs> <laughs> hey, save me a seat. Yeah, for the next sermon. <laughs> that, that, that's defining snagging a hottie, a hottie she did guys she saved me a seat real quick Angie uh, put on here that um, for Captain America they did not use a body double right which I, which I thought they did and I just I was just reading the article and they used a technique where it's his body but they shrunk him down digitally to make him look like what they call skinny Steve, which yeah. is his pre. Yeah, I, uh, I did that Jeff- in Photoshop to, to some staff photos a couple years ago, but I did it where I shrunk their heads down slightly, <laughs> but not a lot. Yeah, like, but I mean, to have it be moving. But I shrunk I it down 10%. That. And it, it, you look at it, and, no, and I didn't I like tell anybody that. I did it. And it's you look not at, immediately apparent. That's what's so disturbing. Yeah, and you're looking at it going like, uh, something's, something's wrong with this picture. You don't know what it is. And... People's heads being 10% smaller is very disarming, <laughs> very unsettling. That's Just good. FYI. That's good to know. But I found that was interesting. I'm glad. Thanks, Angie. Now I know. Knowing is half the battle. That was from a TV show I wasn't allowed to watch. <laughs> 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 okay, so that, that'll do it for last week's uh, question of the week. Now it's time for this week's editorial question of the week. Hey. Okay, so earlier in the podcast, we, uh, you know, we, we theorized, and I think correctly so, that Cowboys and Aliens, the idea for it was uh, brought up by, by, by a bunch of random words being put into a hat. They pulled the first couple out, said, boom, there's a movie. So we thought, let's come up with the next huge boom. hit together. Let's do it. So we want you to pull some, I don't know how, how you're going to pull random words, but pull two or three random words together mm-hmm. and make a movie title and then tell us what the movie's about. See, see, mine is called Dinosaurs and Lasers. <laughs> <laughs> I would go see that. Okay, so, yeah. so are we saying it has to be an Amber Sand one? This yeah, I think, it doesn't I have think to so. Be. It doesn't have to be, but that would seem to make the most. We would like yeah. that better. Yeah, right. <clears throat> yeah. Wood and haircuts. Wait, what? What? <laughs> Just random, random two words. I feel like, I mean, in order to make... Well, I mean, you can do whatever you want. I was just going to say... Because that could be like an interesting, weird indie. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> what, wooden haircuts or yeah. dinosaurs and lasers? <laughs> uh, I, I, I was going to say wooden haircuts, but... Okay. Do we want to let them uh, come up with two random actors? Like, 
like uh, what's his name, Daniel Craig and Harrison Ford, yeah. John Travolta and and uh, Nicholas Cage, Christian yep. Slater. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my, the two stars of Dinosaurs and Later Lasers are John Travolta and Christian Slater, <laughs> gloriously they a, they reunited. Were, they were in a movie together, off. weren't they? Weren't they in Broken Arrow oh, together? Yeah. Horrible. So so this kind of completes their trilogy. So I, I I'm I really wish we could. See, we have too many good ideas. I wish we could do a little microsite where yeah. it could be like na- word roulette and and then and then actor roulette, and then that's, we can spit out a movie. That's for an app. You. It's an app. Yeah, that's that's an app. Yeah. It's a great app idea. And, and then if you really want to get complicated, somehow generate a movie poster, <laughs> or just or just come up with like a thou- like I don't know, like fifty little catchphrases, like it ends tonight. And, <laughs> You know, the blood will rain the streets, and and then it randomly pulls one of those. So good. (laughs) Okay, so uh, two words: this and that. Two actors, and then the the marketing tagline. Yeah, dragons and firefighters. And if you can, a little a little synopsis about what it's about. (laughs) Yeah, and 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 for 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 dragons and firefighters, it's. Hope never sounded so good. <laughs> and, the, and the trailer would be like, you cried at Dragonheart. You loved Backdraft. What if the two were combined? You see, I want, I, if we had the random roulette generator, you could have like, you know, I- I- insane stuff. Yeah. Like, you know, you know, robots and, and, and you know, flying, I don't know. R- robots and thunderclouds and it could say and it could be like uh you know remember the first time you fell in love <laughs> <laughs> that's why there needs to be an, a, a, a roulette app yeah yeah, yeah. we might I, I might have to go talk to the digital team after this podcast <laughs> yeah. is done okay so head over to this week's podcast episode page and post your name actors and tagline and summary there we will what we've had the weirdest question the last couple of weeks i know i like it it's more entertaining <laughs> and and if any of you are app developers we would love to see a roulette app for us yeah. yeah yeah we'll we'll go and give you five stars right away <laughs> <laughs> okay well many thanks to uh david bazan for talking to us his new album is strange negotiations and he's on the road right now if you want to catch him you can find out where he's playing at davidbazan.com on that note, we'll wrap it up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Maya Strang. I'm Ryan Ham. I'm Jesse Carey. That's Chad Michael Snavely. We'll see you next week. On the other foot, James Brown track stepping back now. Put my best foot forward, rapping is what you ordered. The man you folded, origami got you cornered. Serve your hand and foot, picnic time, never half step. Man, good luck, never pussy foot. And don't misbehave. One foot on the pedal, one foot in the grave. One foot in your Thanks for listening to the Relevant Podcast. For more, go to relevantmagazine.com. Fancy free, I got them Lace up your boots and follow me. I'm pretty familiar with the Destiny's Child catalog, so...